Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! Oh! Exciting times lie ahead. Exciting times lie ahead, as some of you have probably already noticed from the title of this episode as I get the notifications on your phone that it was coming out. We have a really exciting uh, episode today, a really exciting interview. Um, kind of breaking character a little bit for us. We're entering the TV space this week, um, <laughs> or rather TV streaming space, um, by interviewing Young Bin Chung, one of the stars of the Paramount Plus series, Players. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about the show a little bit uh, on this podcast, I think the last few weeks in some episodes and Players is this awesome new show that everyone should check out on Paramount Plus uh, has the TFP stamp of approval, Matt's Sugoi of approval, Lucas's seal of approval um, about a fictional pro League of Legends team. And Young Bin Chung plays the star jungler uh, Nightfall. So we had an awesome conversation about uh, League of Legends. He's also an ex-pro League of Legends player in, from 2016, played at the collegiate level, uh, turned actor, just a super interesting guy with a with a great story. Yeah, really, really great episode as well. Um, yeah, and I, I can't recommend everyone go check out Paramount or Paramount Plus players on Paramount Plus enough. Um, it really is, and we kind of talked about this in the interview, but it really is just a remarkable show in the way it's Funny, comedic, tells a great story, and is still very respectful to esports at large. Yeah. Uh, so go check it out. That's right. And just a quick like editorial side note thing. We did, and this is on us, uh, we didn't do a really thorough sound check at the start of the interview. So we did lose like the first two-ish minutes of the interview just because we didn't have the mic levels completely right. That is on us. We apologize publicly to Youngbin if you're listening. Um, but you know, so there'll be a weird cut there at uh, the beginning of the interview. If it's, uh, if it's done right, you guys shouldn't even really notice, but I uh, just want to throw that out there. Yeah. In case you do notice, but <laughs> all right, everyone, well, we'll get to it and enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. Hello. Today we have a very special, thanks for playing episode for you all. We are joined by a very special guest, Youngbin Chung, jungler. On Team Fugitive, on uh, <laughs> on players on Paramount Plus, uh, former pro for Team Liquid in League of Legends turned actor, uh, Young Ben. How's it going today, man? Pretty good. Uh, you know, thank you for inviting, guys. Yeah, super super excited to have you on. Um, we've already plugged players plenty for our audience over the last few weeks um, mm -hmm. as we've watched the show. Um, me and Matt have have really loved it. Our producer, producer Sam, really loved the show. And, you know, you were obviously a huge part, have your own dedicated episode. Mm -hmm. um, so as a reminder to our audience, please go watch Players on Paramount Plus. This is the guy that we have on for the show. <laughs> um, I'm interested in how you actually ended up, you know, finding League of Legends, uh, finding your space as a pro gamer. I know you used to play at the collegiate level when you were at UCI, mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. obviously had a short stint at Team Liquid back in 2016. And as you move through, you know, Plat and Diamond and Challenger, you know, when did you realize that becoming pro was a potential career path for you, you know, and had you maintained that path going into pro? One thing I can say, uh, I have never been in Platinum before. Like, I always <laughs> skipped it. <laughs> Even from my first season of playing. That's a right? flex. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I started playing the game almost end of season two. Like I think a few months before season two ended. And back in the days in season two, there was no 
um, Challenger uh, or anything like that. Right. It's a number rating system, right? So I think the first time I played, I got up to 2,193. I still remember the Dang. exact number of my rating because just because 2,200 was the cutoff for Diamond, which was the highest rank back in the days. And I was playing the day where they were going to shut off the season, right? Where there's, um, the rank is locked. And my internet shut down. <laughs> I could not play the solo queue. All I needed just one win to get to Diamond. So I still remember, but the, um, so after after season two, I just kept playing solo queue, and I was playing team ranks with my friends. And every time I played, I was just always at the highest rank possible. So wow, um, being that, I just thought that oh, maybe this could be something that I could do. And what was your role back then? Um, back then, I was playing in season two, three, four, somewhere around there. I was playing um, AD carry, and then. I actually, after graduating from high school, it was the it was like the um, the moment where I should decide whether should I go pro or should I go college and then go pro, try to go pro, whatever. And then during that time, um, Robert Morris University, which was located in Chicago, uh, was the first school to announce like esports scholarship, League of Legends mm -hmm. scholarship. Wow! So I went there. And from there, I met a lot of uh, people in the scene, and I tried out um, tried out for Team Liquid Academy. I got picked up after the school ended, and that's how my career started. Wow, wow! Can you run us through mm -hmm. what a tryout looks like when it comes to one of these? Sorry to be so esports centric. Um, I'm just curious. No worry. No, no. I I really I'm enjoying the questions because <laughs> I never had got a chance to answer all these, but. Um, it's weird because I think it's really different than nowadays. Nowadays, like there is like a proving ground, so people like actually who are in amateur scene could have a place where they can show themselves, show their play style, and all that. But back in the days, there was no structure, no system to stuff like that. So the only way for you to get a tryout is by having a friend who's in the organization or who's in the tryout. Who knows the coach of the prof, uh, from those team, and from there you hear there's a tryout that you ask the friends and all that. And because even though I was like top ten, like in season two, three, like I didn't really had in game friend because I was always just playing for uh, myself and all that. Mm -hmm. But it was um, up until for me how I did my tryout was um, as I said I went to Robert Murray's University where I met um, Zig who was top laner for Dignity Toss back in the days or so, some some team. I'm really bad with remembering the <laughs> I'm teams. Not I'm not great with it either. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Zig and like some few other um, players who, uh, Tails, who is like C9 coach currently. And they were doing a tryout for Team Liquid Academy. And then I was like, yo, can, can, I, can you hook me up with it? I tried out. And it's pretty much the same. They just gather a bunch of solo crew players. They create a team, switch players in and out to team A, to team B, and they just try to pick someone from there. Yeah, yeah. They check your CS. They check like uh, kill participation, yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. And your comms, your knowledge, and all that. Really, really oh, cool, stressful. man. Mm -hmm. In a situation like that with a bunch of other solo queue players, is it... Mm -hmm. Is it almost like everyone's just trying so hard to flex on each other that it's almost kind of like by virtue of everyone trying so hard and trying to be the one that stand out, you're also inhibiting, mm -hmm. inhibiting each other's play? Exactly. I think, I mean, coaches are not dumb. Like the players are not dumb. So if they see some players like trying to manipulate their teammates to mm -hmm. make them self shine, then they would know and they won't sure. get picked yeah. up. You know? 
Gotcha. So I'm I'm interested too. Like you said that af- after you were getting out of as you were getting out of high school, you know there was already mm-hmm. sort of this career pro esports player path that was sort of set out in front of you, and in fact helped you kind of get a scholarship and go to school and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff stateside. Um, one mm-hmm. of the key themes in players that I think is is really prevalent is specifically the journey of like cream cheese and organism and the esports mm-hmm. career path in regards to their families. And how a lot of players, mm-hmm. or a lot of families may not understand this career path currently. Um, I think back even when I was in high school, it was a very strange thing for people to accept, but it's becoming more and mm-hmm. more commonplace. Was the encouragement to be a pro player always there for you? Um, was it ever, would you ever feel like, oh, why is he doing that? Or is that even realistic? Or did you always kind of have that encouragement being pushed from, from your family? Um, oh, from my, from my family. Family, friends, you know, close loved ones and everything. Well, I mean, from my people who were around in my life, they were really not supportive, I guess. Because, I mean, it was the era when, like, when, when I was, when I decided to go pro and then when I was trying hard to go pro, it was the era where people were not really viewing game gaming as, like, a profession, right? It, it wasn't really perceived that way. So my parents really didn't like it. I'm all, they're Korean, they're Asian parents, and, you know, the, you know, the typical parents so but i because one of the reason why i went to robert morris university is because you know i could convince them that you know they could, this could be a thing like i can still go to university receive scholarship while i'm playing game and you know the pro pro scene the professional scene for league is legit so i could go for it and so like i use it as one of my uh one of my excuse to play mm-hmm. a game more i guess <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No, it's interesting too, because Nightfall in the show, his his parents are so encouraging. You know, they're like they're mm-hmm. cheering in the crowd and stuff. And it's it's sort of that foil to like organism or cream cheese's family who are actually cream cheese's family mm-hmm. is like very absent, you know, from from players. So mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to get that sort of contrast there. So I just wanted to want to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, so going back to players as well, a little uh, distancing from the esports a little bit. I'm curious. So, I know watching the show, Lucas and I were talking a lot just about kind of what we thought was like the message of it, what we thought the themes were. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious for you, as someone that acted in it, what were for you were the biggest themes of the show and like the biggest kind of messages that an audience member should be taking away? And did that change from when you were filming to the the show to when the show was actually released? Oh, this is a good question. I haven't, I might have to think about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> That's okay. That's you got okay. time. We got time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reason why I'm having a hard time answering this question is because I didn't really think about the theme of the show when I was watching. I was just like watching it to consume it and just genuinely sure. was happy about the show and just, you know. But I think one thing they could take away from it is i'm it's also something that i always every time i watch this watch the show um um this type of emotion always like came up which is the one where because it's a it's a story about five kids or boys who are who have one goal of winning championship and they are going through the struggle and like they're going through going through like um like personal like um, um, arguments and all that, right? But um, 
I'm gonna have to rephrase that. Um, <laughs> I would just start from here. So my personal, the reason why I was trying to go pro and all that, and when I was trying to go pro, I wasn't thinking that, oh, I wanna go try to go pro, so I'm gonna keep improving and all that. I genuinely was just having fun with my friends in scrims in in team ranks and all that. I just enjoyed um, playing with my friends and we are trying to win every game and we're trying to improve as a team and all that. And that is the w main reason why I kept playing competitive. I kept, you know, trying, uh, I kept on uh, being a professional player and I kept on being the like in the uh, competitive scene. And I think the show really captured well that kind of, um, emotion or vibe or stuff like that like especially um in the earlier episode when they were just um amateur team they did not have any sponsorship they mm -hmm. did not have any like budget pretty much but they were goofing around having fun drinking having shots hot shot uh, hot sauce <laughs> hot like, sauce shots like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and all that so i think they really captured the world and i i think the audiences i hope that they do capture those kind of moments and see the value in that gotcha yeah. one thing that i thought was really cool about the show was the way they really captured like the importance or sort of the prestige of a championship title um even like foresight the character who plays on tsm mm -hmm. who you know has won like six titles and is sort of like the opposite of cream cheese and that he's had a very uh, like prestigious career um, and he sort of evolved past our main character cream cheese and how accurately would you say they capture that sort of lifestyle, that sort of idea of an LCS championship, how, how important it is to a, a, a League of Legends pro player. Do you think it was captured very accurately? Um, I think they really did capture it well. Like, I mean, Cream Cheese, even though in the show, um, he's viewed as one of the best support NA, right? But he has not won any championship and they really did i think they really did capture um um the struggle those kind of players will uh, will go through like who is who is pre uh, viewed as the best uh in their role but they haven't win any uh, a single championship and partially is their fault because crimson's did you know fucked up with, fucked uh, up with the Alistar <laughs> yeah yeah and, and that really captured i so i think they did really a good job in capturing those kind of things yeah 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 no i thought so too i thought so too yeah um, and also for um sorry also for foresight like who has won like several championships and he like he was thinking that he might retire after the year of this year so because like, i mean i can tell that some people would get burned out after trying so hard winning so many championships and all that and like just burden just adds on to them and uh, even for foresight so i think they really did capture those well Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Great insight there. I think, um, you know, sort of the prestige and the glory of an, of a championship is so, so interesting to me, especially as, as the years have gone by with league. Um, you know, I think we're now in double digit years for the LCS, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, playoffs are going on right now and it's just so clear how much the, the prestige and the glory has really come through in terms of, of, you know, playoff league of legends and worlds and mm -hmm. LCS and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I had a I had a question for you. Um, one thing that I really like about players is how scenes from the show become recontextualized throughout the season. So, for instance, Cream Cheese has a speech at the very beginning that sounds so silly, 
where he just says, you know, we're probably going to win seven championships, right? And mm -hmm, it's like the, mm -hmm. one of the opening jokes of the whole series. And then they show that scene later after showing what had led to it. And it becomes a very sad, it actually becomes a very sad mm -hmm. moment for cream cheese. Yeah, where it just gives it. He just gives that speech and it's just, it's actually more heartbreaking later, like, you know, halfway through the series, maybe episode six or seven. So my question to you is throughout shooting the show, did you know when something was funny? Did you know when it was going to actually be more of a heartbreaking moment or a sad moment? Because oh. I feel like the show does a great job of switching our view of mm -hmm. players and, and, and characters that way. Uh, me personally, I had no idea how the scenes were gonna look, how the scenes were gonna use. Like I, because one of the reason why is because, I mean, I'm I was never an actor before this, so I didn't yeah. really had an idea how you should be analyzing the script, like and like analyzing the scene, how the scene will look like or anything like that. All I did was, you know, I just showed up to the scene and I just did my lines and just went home. But um, on a one of the main reason why I was so confused on what scenes are gonna look like, what how are they going to order it and all that is because the way they um it's because the way they shoot it. Um we the scenes the show was shot in 10 block shooting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Oh block shooting is called block shooting. Block shooting. I'm yeah. still yeah, it's block shooting. And we did 10 episode block shooting, which means that each day we have we were shooting a scene from every episodes here and there so even i was like everyone was confused of the timeline so we always had to ask the director which scene is this from um what's the, what what happened just now like what happened in, like in the previous scene and right. like, all that so i had no idea how they were gonna look, but it looked so amazing on the show so <laughs> yeah totally so so were mm -hmm. you like something was super funny maybe when you heard it or on the set but then when it came to the actual presentation of that particular line it was like oh wow mm -hmm. this is more sad than i thought it would be did that ever hit yeah, you yeah 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 totally cool. yeah i thought i mean I, that was one of my favorite parts of the show was the contrast of that particular speech but it happens even with cream cheese you know showing how he seems like such an obnoxious character at the beginning yeah. and then you realize that he's just a really good friend in a lot of ways mm -hmm. he's like a really loyal guy i thought that was fantastic uh really well done mm -hmm. by by tony and dan there definitely yeah your episode in particular actually i think it was six where it was really focused on your character really did a good job of digging into that where mm -hmm. you're like he just wants to support your organism just let him support you like, yeah yeah that was great. <laughs> just listen to let him, him. Yeah. Let him do his that was a great job. line that was that's actually one of the really great lines i feel like nightfall because nightfall is like the voice of reason within the group right mm -hmm. he's the he's the carry mm -hmm. Um, he's the jungler, obviously, and um, mm -hmm. he's like really trying to tell organism and like talk some sense into him about what he's doing. And mm -hmm. I just some of those scenes where you're really saying that uh, I even rewatched. There's like a scene on the couch after like the first game you guys play, even before playoffs. And you're all sitting together and you're like, he picks Heimer. Why did he do that? He didn't say anything. Like you guys are like <laughs> uh -huh. giving the natural reaction because like uh -huh. cream cheese and organism are so enigmatic and so like hyper and different. But you guys mm -hmm. are just like, what? You guys are like typical like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys are the voice of reason. You know, it's great. Uh-huh. It's the scene where me and Bob and Bigel Bucket of Water was just eating ramen and all that. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah that was a funny I think that's, that scene was shoot that was improv. Sure, for sure oh, that really? scene was cool because yeah. awesome. we were just eating the ramen and then tony was like okay just talk about the game like yeah. you know just as if like you you how you'd be talking in team room 
pretty much because yeah. me and Bob was expert. Like everyone there, uh, me, Arrow, and uh, Miko, who played Big Bucket Water, were ex gamers. So like uh, Tony directed us a lot of those kind of things where you know just talk about the game. Yeah, I think that was where Organism went for a Baron steal when everybody was pushing mid and he got he yeah. got killed like 1v5 yeah. or something and you were like, we're all pushing mid, he goes for Baron, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all tried to go for Baron in that situation, so I think we're all Naturally. guilty of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Awesome. So uh, kind of going off of that, you know, there were only, there was really kind of a limited amount of people that were really like pro gamers previously on the set, right? Like not everyone had that background, not everyone had that experience. Um, and really uh, that knowledge about esports and league and really gaming at large. So were there ever times on set where, you know, whether maybe it was the directors or even one of the actors that may have been a bit more unfamiliar with this scene, whether that was Misha or oh, I forget his name, the actor that played um, Braxton, or maybe were uh, Eli you know, Henry. Eli yeah. Henry. Yes. Thank you. Where yeah. the, you know, they read a line and then you realize as they read that line or as they give like a whatever, Oh, that doesn't really make sense. Like, with how I understand the culture of league. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you would maybe have to like politely be like, Hey, like maybe not, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I could not really think about a specific scene where I did um, say to Tony or like Dan about, I don't think this is how it's done in the professional, like, you know, in the house or in the actual world. But I do remember me having a conversation with them at some point about that. So it's not, uh, it's nothing that I, it's, it's not a thing that never happened. Mm -hmm. For sure. Almost maybe yeah. more like consultational in that sense where they're like, does this kind of make sense yeah. in a more broader, for sure. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Or it's, it was more like me giving an idea, you know, in an actual house, we'd be uh, playing the game or like in this room mm -hmm. or something like that. How is that sound? But I mean, it's, it's also because a lot of the uh, people who are actually from the scene, like Kian Lim and like Jad, was already in the set, and they were mm -hmm. um, in in they were in the development stage. Uh, they were participating from the development stage of the show. So like there was not much um, things that I personally could contribute because it was already good enough, you know. So. Yeah. Did Definitely, you, yeah. I know, I understand that uh, Riot was involved in a lot of ways uh, with the development of the show. Did you like ever mm -hmm. go to Riot or talk to Riot employees on set? Were they around, you know, did you ever tell them to like nerf Zeri or anything like that? <laughs> no, I never. <laughs> I was just focusing on shooting the film. So <laughs> were no. you playing a lot of League while you were shooting just to get in character and everything? Um... Yes, yes. It's also because um, after I, I, I think the time where we were shooting that is after I graduated, the, um, graduated from UCI, and I think um, starting junior year of my university year, I stopped playing league because I was trying to uh, study and you know find a job or something like that. But after I got the show, I just had to be in shape again. I just felt like. You know, I just have to get those emotions back. So I just started playing. <laughs> nice. Who's the best champion right now? Oof, out of like which role? Just in general? Well, you're you're a top laner, right? I'm an AD carry. Right? Oh, you're an AD yes. carry currently. Okay. So what what who's the best AD carry right now? I think I think right now the top two is um uh Zeri and um Silver and maybe Kalista up there. Basically, I think, those three are the best I think I saw like 10 
Zeri Siver bot lanes in LCS so <laughs> yeah, far this year. It's much. basically every single <laughs> yeah. lane is Zeri It's either Siver. banned or picked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about Yumi right now? I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> I hate her too. I hate That's to why play I with her. I hate yeah. to. I hate to play against her. Yeah, I was gonna Just ask. So, so how do you as, as a really high? Because I'm an ADC myself. Actually, I'm not a very mm-hmm. good ADC, but I, I I do like the role a lot. I main Jin, mm-hmm. and I hate mm-hmm. when there's a Yumi on my side. I don't really yeah. know why. I want you to help me figure out why. What is it? I mean, it's because it's because um, if you have Yumi uh, on your side, so usually if you don't have Yumi, and let's say you have Nautilus or Thresh or Leona or any typical support, um, then they also create a space in main, right? For you to do more damage or for you to CS um, more easily right. or anything like that. But once Yumi is on the team, on your team, he, she is no longer creating the space that other supports were creating. You know? So that's why maybe you you feel that it's harder harder to play the game. I just feel like it. she's not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I mean, this is yeah. like a league <laughs> therapy session. Yeah. Sorry. It just it makes me so it makes me so angry, man. It make, like just pick just pick Leona. It's just stand yeah, in the I bush. And just just pick Leona and sit in the bush. It's not that hard. Uh, I'm yeah. totally with you. Right now. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, one thing I, I want just to go back into it here with the show. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing that players touched on uh, that I thought was really cool. This is sort of related to like high skill ceiling. Um, you know, the team, spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen the show, my apologies. The team goes to Worlds uh, and goes mm-hmm. to Korea and, you know, they mm-hmm. talk about the high skill ceiling on the Korean servers. And like there's kind of a half of an episode really dedicated to this concept. And of course, Organism kind of has his, um, the ending of his is that he's trying to become number one on the Korean server. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, it's it's sort of always been this thing that the Korean players the Korean servers have always been tougher. You know, Korean teams are usually like in the top at Worlds, way, way above the NA teams. So I'd love, mm-hmm. you know, to hear your description of the cultural differences and the mechanical differences between the players in NA and the players in Korea, let's say. Mm-hmm. I think the gap is definitely closing nowadays, especially like how um, Danny from EG, like he just popped off at the final. Like, so I think I think the skill gap in terms of the new talents are definitely closing. But I think one of the main difference between Korean like esport culture and um, NA culture is um, um, so first of all, Korean players are playing in like nine ping in solo queue, and and <laughs> on average nice. in NA, yeah, exactly, they are actually playing the game how it should be played, you know. But NA people, uh, uh, people in NA, I think on average they have maybe sixty ping, fifty ping somewhere around there. It's really not optimal. Like it's it's playable, and it's it's enjoyable, I guess, a little bit. Maybe the maybe the ping has to do with how toxic they are. But like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I blamed the ping before. I've blamed the ping before, so I'm getting a little sweaty here. Mm-hmm. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. But I think that's one of the reasons why um, the skill gap is there. But I think it's another difference is the culture of the country itself. You know, I think in Korea, like if you are older than someone, that you like you genuinely have respect towards the elders in Korea, right? And um, so I think like the hierarchy, hierarchy wise uh, within the teammates are already sort of set. It uh, depends on how experienced oh, you are, like how older you are, and stuff like that. And meanwhile, in NA, like 
everyone has to figure out who's the shot caller and who's mm-hmm. who's better than someone or like who's the star player of the team so like it's like they are wasting time to find the identity of the team by meanwhile in korea in some ways are they set a little bit right who, that is very like, interesting say, yeah exactly like, exactly i mean I think it might not be the same case with Faker, like because yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say what about Faker, you know, coming out swinging (laughs) when he's so young. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but at the same time, like everyone back in SKT, I think there was T One K, that was the name of the team where um, Faker was a rookie player. But everyone was like really high elo up there. Uh, But even then, even when rookies on the team and like everyone's like brand new team or anything like that, there's still a little bit of hierarchy that is already set by the culture of the Korean culture you know like age could be the one like stuff like that so I think that makes a huge difference yeah and language yeah. as well yeah totally totally wow that is so interesting you know I think mm-hmm. I, there is a, one of the big things in players is certainly ego um, as mm-hmm. sort of a, a real kind of ten- piece of tension between cream cheese mm-hmm. and um, and all that kind of stuff to cream cheese and organism. But that's interesting to hear that take. I've actually never heard that that observation before. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that kind of set hierarchy that kind of smooths things over in terms of the, the I shot think calling. So. Yeah, I and think shot so. calling being such an important piece of of professional league for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, I'm kind of curious going off of. The, the episode, the last episode where you all go to Worlds, I kind of—it's not outright said, but the sentiment I got from um, Cream Cheese as well as the rest of the team, barring Organism, was that oh, who cares? We're at Worlds. We know we're going to get just destroyed. Let's go have fun and do karaoke. Um, is that uh, like as an actor? Was that what you guys were going for? Um, do you think that's kind of what the mindset of the team was, barring Organism? Uh, I didn't really get your question. So as an actor, when we were shooting this scene, are you asking that whether that was our team's like... Yeah, so were you trying to portray a sense of like, uh, who cares, we're at Worlds, we're going to get screwed over no matter what, so let's just have some fun and go do some karaoke? Um, No, I think it's it was more like... Because we did shoot a scene where we were like playing screams and like we were playing solo queue and all that and it was actually organism who's, who was busy um doing all those promotion with puma and like puma and like all those you know red blood i don't know what kind of names were there for the show but it was actually him that was like always out like not screaming or anything like that so i think for us it was more like um I mean, we did play a good amount of solo queue at that day. So let's just go karaoke and explore and like come back yeah. and do the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. I got I got a question for you. Did you go to Korea to shoot? I don't know if that's a question that I can <laughs> Okay, Because okay. I'm asking, you don't have to answer that. I'm asking because uh-huh. I swear you, the karaoke bar you were at is the karaoke bar that me and Matt go to. <laughs> you know that yeah. you already know the was answer it, so was it K, was it K, was it k-pop karaoke in k-town you don't have to answer it. i'm uh, just curious <laughs> i mean if if you think that is familiar you're probably right 
Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> just leave even, it there. Even our producer, where we, he was over here the other day, and he's like, "Dude, they were at the they were at the K-pop player. They were at K-pop <laughs> karaoke because he he's been there a few times." And I was uh -huh. like, "No way!" We like went to the episode, we paused it. He's like, "That's the bar. That's the place." <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, he's right. Good, good eye, good eye." Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, using using the local spots probably wasn't too far for you <laughs> to have to go yeah, out there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep keep it a mystery. Keep it a mystery. Um, I got I got something for you. I got a, a little bit of a fun question. So on this uh, podcast, Matt and I usually cover uh, mostly single player games when we do like game reviews and gaming news and mm -hmm. stuff like that. What's your all time favorite single player game? Ooh, just in general, right? Yeah, in general. Uh Single player meaning that I'm the only player in the game. It's not like a competitive yeah, yeah. game or anything like that, right? Yeah. I think I would say FIFA. All right. Oh. <laughs> That's a huge FIFA. Are you guys a FIFA player? Oh, I love, I love soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Are you are you a fan? I, I'm a fan of soccer, yes. Oh, who's your team? Who's your team? Uh, Spurs for now. Spurs. Ooh, okay, okay. I mean, just Kane, because I'm Korean. Yeah, Kane and Son is there. Oh, and... um. Son, son, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Leeds fan now. Um, Leeds United, yeah. Have you watched uh, Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso, I know the show. What do you mean? Uh, it's a show no, on I Apple didn't. TV, I never but we got, <laughs> we got an American coach over there now, and um, two American players. And Ted Lasso is about an American coach uh, coaching in the mm -hmm. Premier League. But um, anyways, like getting off topic. <laughs> uh, no, it's like a, a comedy show, but getting off topic. I so we gotta play FIFA sometime. Man. That's awesome. man, yeah, I'm so down to play against you. I've been looking yeah, for yeah. someone. What do you What do you play on? What do you play on? I just play like Manchester. Oh, oh, PC, PC. I'm PC. On PC. Is it crossplay? I don't think so. Mm, Maybe I would just come to your house and one uh, day. There yeah. you go. Oh, yo, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Um, He's gonna destroy you, Matt. It's I like, know. There's no chance, so dude. FIFA's <laughs> the one game like. I mean, I've played video games with you all my life, Lucas. I'm like, I keep it pretty tame generally. FIFA, because I played soccer growing up. FIFA is the one game where I, I play it. And like, if an action doesn't play out the way I, I know it should as a player, mm -hmm. I get mm -hmm. like irate. I, <laughs> it is the one game I will genuinely like, like throw something. Like if I want to ball me, I'm like, I'll never get that yeah, fired up otherwise. Why are, you, yeah. why are you telling him this right now? He just said he'd come over and play FIFA. Yeah. He doesn't want to get him. Dude. It's passion. It's passion. No, nah, that's funny. Um, Youngman, do you so, play Smash? Do you play Smash? Uh, I try to, but no, I'm, okay, I'm not great. That's fair. We're we're ex Smash <laughs> competitors. That's uh, that's yeah. our Ooh. that was our big competitive game. For that a is a while, really hard yeah. game to be good at. I think it was it was. So, <laughs> we weren't that. We weren't we're, even. We're still bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a fun one. Um, cool. So you're this was your first big acting gig. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but as I understand. And, you know, I know you had mentioned uh, in your interview with Travis Gafford at the LCS site uh, facility that previously before acting, you were looking at pursuing a career in finance. So mm -hmm. I'm just kind of wondering, how has that transition been for you? Have um, Are you still doing like day jobs here and there? Are you still doing like any financial stuff or really any kind of stuff on the site? I know you have your Twitch stream going or is it really uh -huh. just full focus on acting? That's my main focus right now. I think for now, um, I'm focusing on acting 
like 100 mm-hmm. percent. awesome like i'm not trying to like uh so because back in the days before i got this job uh this acting gig the, the players i was studying for a cfa certified mm-hmm. financial analyst right and um i failed the test <laughs> so oh, no. i had to study again i yeah I, I i failed the level one test but that's why i was like um because it takes a lot of time to study for those um, exams, yeah. like certificate exam. It like it took me like six months to just to get through the whole material once. And I think eventually I might pick up on the way because it's one thing that was fun to study for. But for now, because um, I'm I really want to get into acting, and I'm trying to get all the uh, classes. I'm I'm getting all the lectures about acting. And, like, I'm attending classes and all that. So I don't, I cannot really find time to study for that because I'm just trying to focus on acting for now. That's great to hear. That's great to hear, Mm -hmm. man. As, um, as a previous potential financial professional, I'm curious, do you ever, do you ever wander into the depths of, um, (laughs) of, uh, wall street bets? Oh, no, I never do. <laughs> See, he's smart, Matt. He doesn't go on that. Never he's want to smart... and never will. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you, I, could um... learn, you could learn something from Young Ben over here, okay? I know. I... <laughs> no, I don't go on Wall Street Bets anymore. I had a, I had a, I had a dark phase in my life, Young Ben, let me tell you, where I was one of the kids standing GME. He had a lot of GameStop, and, and yeah. Dogecoin. I had a lot of Dogecoin, not a lot of, not a lot of GameStop, but we're, mm-hmm. we're, we've grown up now. We've grown up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, ha- I had a question I, although, for you here. Oh, wait, although, oh, before, I, before we move on, although, if I did listen to my friend who was on the Wall Street bet, I would have made so many money. That's just <laughs> it, right? I really 2020. <laughs> and then, and then you know what happens. And then, <laughs> and then you get FOMO. You see the next meme stock. You buy some call <laughs> options. And the next thing you know, you're... You're down a lot yep. of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Matt, lot, lot coming out here. Lot coming out here from Matt. This is like a therapy session for me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Youngbin, okay, I'm I'm curious over here in terms of the the acting skill. You you know, sounds like you're becoming. Um, you know, you're really diving into the acting uh, stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to classes and studying. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, how your uh, sort of habits, your discipline with trying to be a pro gamer in that re- in that realm be really good in that regard has translated into trying to be a really great actor um you know i know with players it was very specific about a life that you had really led before very close to home um but do you find yourself you know practicing your cs in acting in an, <laughs> in regards to acting so to speak um i think I- i'm so glad you asked this question because um from the cast member i i'm, I'm now I'm a, I am a good friend with the cast members and players, right? And um, Peter Thornwald, who played Forsyth in the show, um, I'm like chatting with him daily, pretty much. Like regularly, we're just jumping on like Apex Legends, just like goofing around. And he's also- Oh, nice. Um, like, like I'm also like inviting him as a guest in my stream to you know, do stuff like it. But one thing that's really funny about- um, the relationship between league and um, acting is that I can use a lot of the understanding that I have about league in uh, when I'm under- like when I'm trying to understand acting. Like I think one thing that really that I'm glad that I played this game to the level where I played is that I can use a lot of um, 
I can I can use league to understand what like how to become better in different field, right? Like, I, in order to become really good at league, um, for like I'm trying to give an example of what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that um, every day you are playing solo queue and every day you are getting maybe getting better, but some days you will have slump where you're just losing ten games in a row, losing streak and all days, but um, eventually. Um, how do I say this? I, I just slow like lost impro- my track of slow, slow improvement, slow incremental disciplined improvement, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's more um. Okay, so this is the thing. So when to play at the highest level, uh, highest level in in league, right? You obviously have you obviously have have to have all the knowledge about the game, small details about the game. You gotta know the matchup, and you gotta know like how to draft and how to CS, how to space yourself and all that, right? But once you're in the game, you you should you you have to you should never think about those in the game, right? Because you have to use your intuition and all that, and that all the bliss uh, second decision will matter um, in terms of your performance, right? And one thing I figured out about acting, so I'm using those kind of uh, analysis I have about the game when I'm trying to understand the acting as well. Like I need to prep about the character history. I need to um, know like what their gigs are, what their small like de- like details about the characters. But when I'm trying to act and say trying to be in the scene, I should never really think about that. You know, all the background work is just there, and you just believe in yourself and just go from it. That's a really, really cool way of viewing it. Yeah. No, I I love that. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. it's a combination of really doing a lot of research and prep. um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, living in that moment, right? Reacting Mm -hmm. and like being Mm -hmm. being an actor in that moment. Yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. Wait, who's your who's your apex main? I I heard apex. Apex (laughs) at the beginning of the question. Who do you Um, main in apex? I used to be seer main, but now I'm trying to transit into Mad Maggie because she is so OP, I feel like. Okay. Who's Peter's? Piers, I think his main main is uh, Pathfinder. Yes. But lately, but he's so good. Like he used to be master. Like he's a master. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, he's he's really good at it. Wow. I just jumped into a game for the first time the other day in like Mm -hmm. a very long time and I was just pretending I was Spider-Man with Pathfinder. So Pathfinder Path is sick. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's so hard to grapple though. Like I'm I'm trying it to is. go this way and ended up making me go that way. <laughs> do you do you think the, that Apex is in a good spot right now? Cause I feel like every single season, everyone tells me it's the best season. Mm, like I mean, everybody I just, just me started playing the game, so I don't I can't I don't have oh, okay. about it. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody, it's a fun game though. I think it's, it's a great. Fun game. Yeah, it's like game. the it's the one battle royale that I've never that I've only ever heard consistently good things about. You know, I think mm-hmm. Fortnite had a down points coming back up. I know Warzone has had so many problems with like hackers mm-hmm. and cheaters and stuff, but mm-hmm. Apex has been like the one consistent one that has maintained relevance in the zeitgeist and just mm-hmm. is always like everyone's like, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. Do you ever play uh, PUBG or Fortnite? I was a huge PUBG player. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I think I I think the reason why I stopped playing the game, that game is because there were so many hackers I just couldn't deal with. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> well, yeah, the game also was wasn't it, it it wasn't uh very well optimized in a lot of ways too. I remember my mm-hmm. my one of our close a friend of the podcast, one of our close friends, he quit the game when he was on the second story of a building and a car ran mm-hmm. over him 
<laughs> just a complete <laughs> bug. And he's like, he oh uninstalled, uninstalled instantly. He was like, nope, never again. We're not playing this I'm game. Not going to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, this has been awesome. Matt, did you have any other questions for Young Bin? Uh, I got one more. Yeah. Um, Young Bin. Season two. What can you tell us about season two? <laughs> What's next? What's next? I What's wish I'd know anything about season two. I wish. <laughs> I I certainly yeah. hope that uh, that there's more four players. You know, um, I know that with uh, Tony and Dan's previous show, you know, American Vandal, it got the two seasons mm -hmm. on Netflix. Both are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'd love for oh, man just. Let them know that there's massive players fans out there. I think it's one of the best shows this year. It's one of my I favorite so. shows. I think it's one of the most unique shows ever made. So, uh, and it's so like tied to the here and now. Like it's so immediate and it's so like I feel like everybody above 30 years old should watch players to understand like what is going on in the culture right now with like competitive gaming and how important it really is, how much money, how supported it is by such an economy of like yeah. advertisers and professionals and like, mm -hmm. yeah. At, anyway, I can't say enough good things about the show. Um, you know, thank you for playing your role in it and, and doing such an awesome job. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. But yeah, yeah, I really did. I, I mean, one thing I can say about season two is there were some scenes that was not that was edited out, that was Ooh. that did not make into the show, Ooh. and um, I'm just gonna hope I'm gonna hope <laughs> that those scenes that were edited out gets you know picked up in season two. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, we hope so there. too. Yeah, <laughs> we hope so too. Yeah, I was just, I mean, I yeah, just echoing off everything Lucas said. I mean. I was just so blown away with how well it depicted everything because I was just so afraid it wasn't going to do like justice to esports. It was just going to like mm -hmm. be like make, trying to make fun of nerds or something like that, you know, just like really just trying to slam on it. But it was a very obviously it's a mockumentary, so it is a comedy, but it was very respectful, funny, mm -hmm. and also told mm -hmm. a very, very good story, I thought, too. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, this has been great. I mean, thank you so much for your time. Um, where can we find you? Uh, what are you working on that you want to shout out? All the good stuff. Uh, well, all of my, uh, social network, I'm using the same account, um, IGN, same account name, which is young bin mm -hmm. with two I, uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all of that using young bin, D -I -N. how often are you streaming these days? Right now I'm streaming every Wednesday is my firm firm's schedule Wednesday at 1 PM. Uh, nice. but I might be picking up stream here and there when I feel like. Cool. Time. Mostly league. Are you doing Apex? We're gonna see you playing mostly PUBG? league. But if there's okay. a lot of people who wants to see me playing Apex, then I'll pick it up. Okay, we'll yeah, be we'll be spamming the chat here and there. Uh, <laughs> yes. and we'll, we'll, our yes. audience might be might be going over there and spamming the chat too. So you might get some followers or subs. Mm -hmm. um, quick last question: Are you watching the LCS playoffs right now? I have not been following it. No, but I was who's watching. Your, who's your who's team? That? Who's my team? I mean, I wasn't even watching it, so I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who? Who made it to the? Is, is it final now? Uh, it's semifinals right now. Um, Hundred Thieves and Cloud Nine are at the top of the bracket, top side. Um, mm -hmm. Team Team Liquid just won today, but Evil Geniuses and TSM are kind of in the running there too. So mm. we're in like top five right now. Uh, should be should get pretty exciting here. I mean, my pick is simple then: Team Liquid. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. That should be the straightforward one for you. All right, good. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> awesome. All righty. Uh, well, then, everyone, as always, you can find um, 
the podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at TFP Podcast. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Um, and I think that's all we got. Um, all right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Peace. Catch you next time. Thank you, guys. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 